Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise His holy and righteous name. How we give Him glory, honor, and praise in this place today. For it's only for Him, for He is our God, our Love of our lives, and we give him honor and praise today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pray with me for a moment. Father God, we thank you for this time as we come with this thy word. Father, touch our hearts. Open our ears. Help us, O Lord, by the power of thy spirit. Strengthen us, O Lord, even now we pray. And Father, we be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and all the praise. Bless now, O oh God, those who may not know you as a Savior that might be here or online. Bless them that they may come today according to your will. Touch now that one that does know you. Father, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Touch those that are behind prison bars, those that are suffering from Omicron and other effects by this virus, or whatever the issue might be. Touch their hearts today. Our seniors, oh God, that may be uh, locked away at home and not able to come. So Father, we pray your blessings on them even right now. Now, oh God, touch us, I pray. Touch this, your servant. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people and bless them in Jesus' name. And Father, we be careful to give you all the glory and all the praise. For it's in that name that's above all names, Jesus, who is the Christ the Son of the living God, and all the people of God said amen. amen and amen. Amen. We give God praise this morning for all of you that are here, all of you that are online. We bless his name in Jesus' name. Now, friends, would you mind turning with me to the Gospel of John, John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29, and verse 31. The Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 24 through 29. Let me know that you're there by saying amen. Amen. This is not the time to use your phone to be on TikTok. Amen. We come to worship the Lord. So if you're there, John 20, 24, we shall begin. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your hand here, reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me, and yet have believed. But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing 
you may have life in his name. Let the church say amen. amen. You may take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Today's message is a second in a series on doubt. And from our text, we will look closely at one of Jesus' disciples who doubted the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus. A working definition of doubt is a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. On the other hand, faith is complete trust or confidence in God and his holy word. Doubt and faith are not friends. They are enemies. The blessings of God given to you are denied or denied because of doubting and a lack of faith and confidence in him. Doubting, my friends, reduces your ability to believe in, in spite of the evidence to the contrary. Here's an illustration about doubt. Scottish theologian Henry Drummond says this about doubt. Christ never failed to distinguish between doubt and unbelief. Doubt is can't believe. Unbelief is won't believe. Doubt is honesty. Unbelief is stubbornness. Doubt is looking for light. Unbelief is content with the darkness. I will speak from this subject this morning. A crisis of faith unless I see. A crisis of faith unless I see. Often in our world today, when it comes to faith in the Lord Jesus, doubt lifts its ugly head as it did with Thomas, the Lord's disciple, unless I see. Rather than I believe that's the story of one of Jesus' disciples. Thomas is probably, he's probably the best known for his failure to believe that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead. And for that crisis of faith to believe, he forever earned the nickname or the name Doubting Thomas. And so back to our scripture. Now Thomas called the twin. The twin, his other name was Didymus. He was one of the twelve and was not with the, with the other disciples when Jesus first came. And early in chapter 20, the Lord's disciple had gathered together in a locked room for safety of the fear of the Jews. The risen Savior came in and among them, greeting uh, them with peace. And he showed them the nail prints in his hands. He showed them the, the wound in his side. You see, my friends, some of you are here online and in person. Oftentimes, we may come to the house of the Lord. Why do we come? I believe that God is moving on people's heart to come and see him. Come and worship him. Come and be saved by him. Come and be delivered by him. But oftentimes we come into the sanctuary of the Lord, and though the word of God is preached, though the music of God in worshiping comes forth, and we're sitting beside folk that believe, and yet some of us will not believe because you want to see some miracle. Well, I want to tell you about a miracle today that Jesus came and he gave life to those who didn't have life. And I don't want to talk in absentia. I want to talk about me when I didn't have Jesus, but he came and he showed himself to me, but I didn't see 
see him personally. I, I felt him in my life. I, I knew that he was right there. I didn't have to see because I knew because God allowed me to hear it. And God blessed me to give my life to Jesus, you see. It will end this place today. And God is moving on your heart that you need to come and be saved, you see. You're saying, well, I, I, I'm not too sure right now. What other evidence do you need? Well, I'm looking for a miracle much like those in Jesus' day was always talking about a miracle. He does a miracle every day. Someone was saved and someone gets baptized. What a miracle that is. We move from death to life. No doubting. You that know Christ today, you have been moved from death to life in Jesus. And the rest are thinking, well, maybe that's for them, but not for me. It's for everybody. For the Bible declared that he came for all. The Bible declared that God told us in John's word that, that he came, the Savior came, and he gave his son to be the propitiation of our sin, the atoning sacrifice of our sin, the one that will take on our sins and save us. His name is Jesus. Needed to say these disciples, they were elated about the Lord's appearance. And later the Lord's disciples went to share the good news with Thomas that they had seen the resurrected Christ, unless I see. If you continue, many of you continue in that vein of thinking, unless I see, you're not going to make it. One day we'll be standing before God, uh, uh, and there's a two different kind of standing. The say we'll be standing before God, yes, not because of conviction. We're standing before God to reward it, to be rewarded for our faithfulness. But many of you will be in the, in, 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 at the white throne judgment. That's not the right judgment. There is no turning around from that one. But God will, will evaluate us on whether or not we know the Lord or not. In verse 25, the other disciples therefore said to him, said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. Can you imagine that that, that day, that, that, that week that had passed by, that the Savior had been, 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 been crucified on that cross, and that they buried him in a tomb, and he said he was going to rise from the dead, and he'll meet him over in Galilee. Well, he came to them in a locked door. Can you imagine God coming in here, we've got all the doors locked, security everywhere. And nobody saw him coming in. Oh, we probably run up out of here. Amen. Come on, y'all be real now. How did he get in here? We done locked all the doors. He's God. Just like he rose on that faithful Sunday morning. Just like he came up out of the tomb. That, listen, that, 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 that stone over the, over the door of the tomb wasn't to let Jesus out. It was to let us in. He had already risen from the dead while the stone was still over the mouth of the cave. He had already come up out of there. Why? He's the creator. That's why. The other disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord. Can you imagine the elation? Can you imagine when first they weren't too much elated? They'd be like, woo, are you sure? He said to them, unless I see, this is Thomas. Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. How many of you got that attitude today? Don't raise your hand. I will not believe. God is working all around us, in us, by us, through us, and yet people will not believe. 
because they got a few coins in the bank. They got a nice hoopty to drive in, amen, a nice house, whatever. You think that's it? No, no, no. As long as Jesus is my Lord, I got all that I need. What an awesome God that he is. It is difficult for me to believe that Thomas, a disciple of Christ Jesus, one who sat at his feet learning about the Lord, learning about God the Father, one who was, was witness to many life-changing miracles. Oh, Thomas, do you believe? Did you, did you see the, the ten lepers that God said, go show yourself to the priest? And, and as they were going, they were healed. Didn't you see it, Thomas? How about the centurion, Thomas, who said, I'm not even worthy that I come under your roof, but Lord, just speak a word. And I know my servant will be healed. Thomas, did you see it? Thomas, did you see when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus and everybody crying and whining and carrying on? And Jesus stood out and said, Yo, hush. The Lord always hears me. Lazarus, come forth. Didn't you see Lazarus walk up out of that grave with them grave clothes on? He looked like he was at the movies. He was alive. And all the Jews and all those Pharisees and scribes, all those religious folk got, got jealous. Did you see it? Did you see the many life-changing miracles of healings by the Lord Jesus would be conflicted with, with uncertainty? That, that without sufficient evidence, he would not believe. The disciples were affirming Jesus' resurrection to Thomas. But he remained unconvinced. How many of you unconvinced? How many of you online? You online? Is it don't you online because you're afraid of coming uh, COVID, or you online because you can't come? Oh, that's all good. Or you online because you don't want to show up. Jesus is with you now, right now. He's standing right there. Do you believe? In order for Thomas to believe that Jesus was alive, he, like so many today, wanted bodily proof of the living Savior. Oh, can you imagine? Some of you have shared your faith with people, and they won't believe because they can't seek some miracle. They can't seek something. Oh, when you see your sin and how fall you out your depravity, then you begin to say, I need the Lord. Whether I can see him physically or not, I know that he's here because his word is true. The Bible declares if you believe, then you can be saved. The appearance of the reappearance of Jesus a week later provided the evidence Thomas needed to believe. And after the eight days, in verse 26, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them, and Jesus came again. The doors were being shut. That means they were locked, and, and stood in, the, in their midst and said, Peace to you. But one thing I want to bring out to you that you, when you said earlier that Thomas said, Unless I see. Unless I can put my hand in the side, I would not believe. Did he not realize that the God of heaven knew what he said before he was even standing there? That the God of heaven knows what our thoughts are right now. Some of y'all may be saying, I wish he'd hurt. Well, I can't hurt because God sent me. I got to tell it. I cannot stop it. I got to tell it. You may be mad at me. Praise God. Bless you. But I got to tell it. Tell me why you said that last week. Yes, I'm going to say it this week and next week. And whatever week God says. Why? Because he wants you to get to him. He wants you to know Jesus. You don't have to see him. 
He's moving right here. When God moves on your heart, when God moves on your heart in this place, you know it's God. It's not you. You know it's God. When God began to convict you by the power of his spirit, you know that I'm in serious trouble. God is touching someone's heart today. I believe it. You may not display it, but I believe it. Why? He would not have us come to this place. And those of you online, if he wasn't trying to touch somebody's life. But he said to me, the preacher said, listen, the Lord is alive. He's ever alive. And you know what? He's standing on the right hand of glory, of, 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 of majesty. And he's defending. He's calling on us. Come. You come. Yet I am not coming, Lord, because I don't believe. He still says, come. He still wants you to come. Oh, you're hearing me this morning. After the resurrection of the Lord from the dead and prior to his ascension, he reveals himself a second time to his disciples in an effort to encourage them and us. As Luke 24, 36 through 38 explains. Listen to Dr. Luke. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposing they had seen a spirit or a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Or why do doubts arise in your heart? Often the word of God is preached and doubt rises up. Well, doubt is not so much too much about you, but it's also about the enemy of God and God's people. The enemy is telling you some, some, some of you, well, you know, just wait till next week. You'll be all right. You got plenty of time. No, my friends, if you've been watching the news, we don't have plenty of time. We, we got right now. I, I don't know what the future, I'm not trying to tell the future. I'm letting you know what the future is, that God wants you to come to him while you got the opportunity to do so. Some people wait to the 11th hour and the 59th minute and 59th second to be saved. You might not make it. But God's loved us so much. As we're talking about and experiencing God, uh, learning from Mr. Black, I mean, he said that God is pursuing a love relationship with all of you. That's why you feel that in your heart. That's why you feel that little nudge that you need to come. That's why you feel that, well, well I don't know if I can get to go to church. You can. Don't say you can't. You can. Get up and come. Get up and move. Why? Because God wants you. The Bible tells us that his will is, God's will is, he is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all will come to repentance. That's all. How many is that? I love participating preachers. That means you, me, everybody. Are you going to come on, unless you're going to say, well, unless I see. Unless I see some miracle. Unless I see Jesus. Well, you're going to be standing there for a long time. But God is already working on you. Thomas may not have been aware, as I said, that the Lord heard the statement of doubt, unless I see. Our God is a God of mercy and grace. Sometimes, according to his will, he gives us what we think we need in order to believe. So, so as Jesus stood among them, 
He asked Thomas, oh, can you imagine this situation? Go ahead and put it in your imagination and begin to think about what I'm going to say. If it had been you and you had been talking all that trash, unless I believe and there's God standing in the midst of you and said, listen, I want you to come here. Put your hand right here. Put your other hand over here. How about sticking your hand in my side? Because I know that you believe now. But thank God for those who came to Christ and they didn't have to see visually but they knew because God was working in their lives. So when we get back to 27, he said, Thomas, um, reach your hand here and reach your finger and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas' response was, and I think it would be mine. I, I believe the response would have been yours as well. And listen to what Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Uh, Some of you are not even touched today. You're not even moved by the Spirit today. Maybe you're contemplating. My bad. Thomas' response, my Lord, my God. He was awestruck, overwhelmed. He not only believed that Christ was risen from the dead, he recognized that the resurrection proved that Jesus is God. Jesus then pronounced a blessing on all of them who would come to faith. And all of us who will come to faith, all of you that have already come to faith in him without the help of a visible bodily appearance. Listen to what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter 1, 7 through 8. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him. Come on now. Yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. I can imagine you, but I know me. The moment I got saved, the moment I was baptized, I, I was just full of glory. Thank you. Nothing else mattered. I just thank you, Lord. Joy. Joy doesn't come because you may win the lottery. That's a happening. Joy comes because of the blessed Lord that lives in us by the spirit of the living God. Joy comes when you know that you're saved. When you know that one day I'll be with the Lord. The Bible that tells about Apostle Paul that to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. That's joy. We get that. Nobody can put you out. God already promised that he has a mansion. You may be living in a nice house, but I'm here to tell you when you get with Jesus, you have a mansion in heaven. You don't have to worry about no neighbor. Woo! You got your own mansion. It didn't say no apartment. It said a mansion. Oh, joy inexpressible. Thank you, Lord. We don't even think about it mostly. We got joy because of God. I got joy because I'm saved. I got joy because I love him. I got joy because he loves me. I remember a little saying by the former blues great B.B. King. He says, nobody loves you but your mother, and she could be driving too. <laughs> I know God loves me. I have no doubt that he loves me. 
When I'm wrong, he loves me. When I'm right, he loves me. Not because he loves me, he corrects me by the power of his spirit. We think people love you, but listen, I'm going to tell you something. It is God loves us with an everlasting love. John, 1 John says, not that we love God, but he loved us. He loved us before we knew him. He loved us while we were in our sin. He loved us when we wasn't doing right. He know he loved us while we were running and going and tipping and all of that kind of stuff. He loved us and sent his son to bless us. Sent his son Jesus to help us. Sent Christ to bless us and love us. Sent his son to create a love relationship with us and draw us to him. I didn't come to Jesus all by myself. I came to Jesus because Jesus came to me. People say, I found Jesus. Jesus wasn't lost. We were lost. I knew what you meant. Oftentimes, people get you all mixed up. He loved me. What a love. What a love. What a love. Not only did Peter say that. In verse 8, he says, Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Believers living today are not deprived by seeing him physically or not seeing him or not deprived. I'm sorry. Believers today are not deprived by not seeing him physically. Instead, they are recipients of this, of his special blessing. Listen closely. Blessed are those, says the Lord Jesus, who have not seen and yet have believed. I got to say it again because someone may have missed that. Blessed are those, says the Lord Jesus, who have not seen and yet have believed. Well, I didn't see, but I believe. I believe that many of you, I know you didn't see him. But you believe. For those of you that have not even heard of him, haven't even thought about him, we want you to know that you don't have to see Jesus in the physical. You just said, Lord, I believe. Because you are righteous and you're holy. Many of you continue to suffer with doubt. The same disorder as Thomas. A crisis of faith. Unless I see. Again, the Lord says, blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. Finally, to those of you who are Christian, those of you who are saved, those of you who know Christ as your Savior, you have seen, rather, you have witnessed to the blessings of the Lord in your life. Listen to me. The Lord has saved your souls. He has healed your diseases. He has given you joy. He has rescued you from your troubles. He has blessed your families. He has strengthened your resolve to worship and to serve him. You don't need to see because you know that he lives. And he lives in each one of us who know him. Jesus is alive and he lives in us so that we can tell someone who's not alive that Jesus will make them alive. Can I get a witness? To those of you, to those of you who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, don't become like Thomas. Unless I see, I will not believe. Don't go that way. 
Rather cast aside your doubts right now. Cast aside your uncertainties right now. And believe with your heart that God, the Father, has raised out Jesus from the dead. And by the Lord's words himself, you will be saved. It's not a mystery. It's a fact. It's in the word of God. Don't worry about what other people say. Find you a Bible or come and I'll give you one. And I'll turn to the place where he says that. And you read it for yourself. Not only read it and just cast it aside, but read it and believe that God is working even in that. You see, my friends, it's in the last verse. It is written in John 20, 31, where Jesus says, these are written, when he said these are written, all of the words of God in the scripture, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of, the, of, the, of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. You will have life in his name. I'm not talking about life so much on the earth. I'm talking about life uh, forever. I'm talking about living from getting from dead to life. I'm talking about going from death to life in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about life in the risen Savior. I'm talking about life that is everlasting, a life that you cannot buy at Walmart. You cannot purchase at ATV. You can't go to Costco and get it. It's life in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's everlasting life. But you got to have Christ Jesus in your heart. you got to say, Lord, I, I didn't believe, but I want to believe in you. The Bible declares that if you trust him, you believe in him. Believe that God raised Jesus up from the dead, and you give your sins to him and says, Lord, come and save me. He will save you. He will bless you. It's not doubt anymore. It's in Christ. Jesus loves us. He loved all of us. He loved us so much. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.